0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm super excited to have my friend Jason Frostholm, and he actually lives in Mobile, where I live, so I'm um, excited to have him here, and we're going to dig into some things. He works; He's a solo designer at a corporate agency, and we're going to maybe talk a little bit about that, but... Even, um, years ago, that's why I started design recharge was because I wanted to connect with more designers because I kind of felt like I was in a vacuum also. And I kind of wanted to get exposure or learn about other designers from, and I didn't have a ton of time and I didn't have a ton of money. So I did this. And so it was hugely, it's been a huge life changer for me. And so Jason sort of did the same thing with creative South. So we're going to get his story and, um,
1: Hopefully, I won't bore you. Do that.
0: You definitely won't. So, um, Andre saying solo designer. So, meaning you're the only designer at this company, right? Yes,
1: I am the lone creative, um, and for an engineering firm that has eleven offices from Philly to Houston, um, we're headquartered here in Mobile. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm the I'm the creative director there. I am the, you know, which sounds really impressive until you realize that I'm also the only creative there. So I am the
0: production designer. I I am the
1: production (laughs) designer. I am the art director. The the motion designer. The videographer. The social media guy. The you name it. If it's advertising, marketing based, I'm the I'm the guy doing it. Well,
0: cool. Well, so we were in similar cause there wasn't an AIGA. There was really not a creative and we were in the same city right. and so we didn't really know. And so we were both, uh, founding members of the AIGA mobile, um, whatever you, mobile chapter. Mm-hmm. So, but being alone at work can, can be kind of, uh, you feel like you're in a vacuum. You don't get the kind of feedback maybe you need or, or just your creativity can, um, I mean, it's it's really great in some ways, and then it can be really bad. But you've done a really good job of making sure that you have influences from other creatives. I know you're really involved in some Slack channels where you post things and you get feedback, sure. which I think is terrific for somebody who is a solo designer. Um, but let us start, like I'd start with everybody else. Um, give us a little bit of your background and where your love for design began.
1: Sure. Well, I... Um... Oh, where did my love for design begin?
0: How old Mm -hmm. were you?
1: How old? I'm not going to tell my age. That'll date me. (laughs) Several years ago. No, but
0: it wasn't like when you were in fifth grade or something.
1: No, I started noticing it in high school. I didn't know what graphic design was at that point. Um, I really liked advertising design, though. Uh, a, A lot of... You know, everything from like Toulouse-Lautrec to Russian propaganda posters to things like that, I started noticing around high school. I was really big into comic book art. Um, I, was, I, I wasn't great at always reading them, but I always collected them for the art. So I started noticing things like that. Uh, and, and I had a couple friends who were in the same art classes as me that wanted to know wanted to get into advertising design and I kind of started looking into it because of that. Cause you know, you're in high school, you want to be with what your friends are doing. So um, that, that's really where I first started noticing it. Then when I got to college my first time around, cause I took the extended path where they asked me to take a uh, brief break because I was having a little too much fun and not going to class enough. Um, but, but when I first started, I started off as an advertising major. I, I, I was never undeclared. Um, and then, yeah, so screwed around, got, uh, asked to take a break. And when I decided to get back into college after a varied career of exciting things like running the meat department at Winn-Dixie and putting together the suspensions on golf carts for a uh, mm-hmm. club car. Um, you know, finally had enough of that where it was like, you know, this isn't for me. Um, I'm not uh, cut out to be a manual laborer. Uh, Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, I just am far too lazy for it. (laughs) Um, And decided to get back into school um, and moved down here to Mobile. And that's kind of the, where I got into graphic design at the University of South Alabama, where you teach.
0: Where I teach, but you didn't have me as your teacher.
1: No, I, I graduated well before you were uh, you were here.
0: So Brian White wants to know, what is your dream job?
1: What is my dream job? Lottery winner.
0: I should ask that for <laughs> everybody. I think that's an awesome question.
1: Uh, lottery winner, but uh, since my odds, especially since I live in a state that doesn't have the lottery, aren't that great. Um, That's
0: not really a job either. That's like a wish.
1: I could make it a job.
0: I, <laughs> okay, I could
1: be doing forty hours a week of winning the lottery.
0: What would you do if you if you had no issue with money? What would you spend your time doing?
1: Um, it's gonna sound hokey and self promotional, but I'd do more stuff with the podcast. Um, I'd be able to put more time to it, and then spend time with my family. Um, you know, and Take up other creative hobbies. I'm not uh, like what? I don't know. I haven't. I haven't. That's a good question. Uh, definitely more design, and I'm always. I've always wanted to learn more. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that I've it, always tried to keep up with. with whether it's taking a Skillshare class or um, Dustin Lee had his pass has his passive income class, which I um, took, and then got swamped with everything else. So I'm still trying to catch up on all that stuff. Um but I would I would spend time learning about stuff. Mm. Um and you know things that are more creative. Um and so Brian, my dream job would honestly be creating branding for craft beer packaging and stuff.
0: There you go. Not the lotto winner.
1: No. <laughs> that, but that's if I have to work. If I can win the lottery, I'm still picking that one first.
0: Cool. That was a great question. I'm going to start adding that in, Brian. That was a very good question. It was. So what are some of the advantages to being the only creative at a firm? And so one of the things Andre was saying, oh, so it's kind of like freelance. The only difference is that you're only working for one client. And so sometimes only working for one client.
1: You have one overarching client, which is the company. And you've got to keep, that in mind which is
0: an advantage also because then you don't have to go through a bunch of different hats and
1: no so yeah some of the advantages are is i don't have to do 75 different versions a Mm. lot of time now there are times on certain things where i do have to do that um because it is a technical industry it's not a creative industry so there, you know the the old i'll know what it is when i see it applies a lot right um so there's there's a constant education process that goes on of Um, and some days I'm better at it than others of you know what the expectations should be how much time things are going to take all of those those are some of the challenges some of the advantages are like I said I don't have to go through you know 75 different revisions I don't have to a lot of times especially since I've been there this long now I really don't have to create multiple options a lot of times because I know the voice of the company i you know, I've helped set the direction that uh, all of the creative is going to go in. Um, so, so I, 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 get a seat at the table when it comes to things like that.
0: Right. Which is amazing, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, it definitely is. So, sometimes
0: when your company is spread out, that can also be an advantage, but it can also be um, a disadvantage because it, uh, maybe nobody sees you face to face.
1: Yeah. That, and that that's one of the bigger challenges is, you know, like I said, we've got offices from Philly to Houston. So I don't, I mean, I've been to most of the offices at some point, but it's been a couple of years since I've been able to make my way around. So there are people that I'm talking to that I've never met before. I've never seen them face to face before. I couldn't pick them out of the lineup if I tried. Um, you know, and, and the other challenge is it's, While there's the overarching company that I work for, within that we have, you know, subsidiaries. We've got a Controls and Automation group and a Life Sciences group, and, you know, we've got um, the Hargrove Foundation, um, and we've just started two other nonprofits within that as well, that there's all sorts of branding that has to come up, that all has to tie back into the main branding, but standalone as well. and, and, and that can be a real challenge is, you know, do you stick with a color scheme or do you stick with part of the main mark and use that for that for a piece of the logo? How, how do you balance all of those things? Um, and being the lone creative is, I mean, there's 1,200 people at the company. That's a lot of work coming through my door. Um, and, and it gets tough to keep up with things. Um, thankfully, the holidays slow down a lot. Um, it's going to start ramping up here again soon, though. Um, I can already see it.
0: Mm -hmm. So, so what's the, what's the, um, we were just talking about you working from home and how sometimes maybe working from home, you get more done. Why is that?
1: Um, for me, it boils down to ADD. (laughs) Um, just
0: able to focus because you have um, less distractions.
1: Yeah. I'm able to focus more. Um, as you can see in my lovely, um, beautiful laundry room slash office here. <laughs> um, you know, the kids aren't coming back here. You know, I, I, I can lock myself in and I can dive into what I'm working on. When I'm in the office, there's, you know, constantly other people on the phone around me or we're getting dragged into meetings or things like that. So there's not enough time. You get enough time to dive into something and then you got to stop and switch gears. And move on to something else. So a lot of times when I'm here at home, I'm able to focus more, um, take longer on individual projects, uh, and, and really deep dive into them to, to focus on them.
0: Which is super helpful, and it can be really distracting. Uh, I'm very similar to you in how I need to work. So um, Joe says, because I totally agree with this, he says, people can't just come to your desk and ask you about stuff, um, which does interrupt that flow, right? Yes, yes. So you have been like one of my best supporters of Design Recharge, I mean from really early, like first year I would say for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So how did you get involved with Creative South? Because I think you heard about it on a Design Recharge episode.
1: I did hear about it on a Design Recharge show. you had Mike Jones on and he was talking about it. Um, and I don't remember what all was being said, but, um, I, oops, I apologize there. My email popped up and made a nice ding that I'm sure everybody heard. I didn't hear it. Oh, well, I heard it. <laughs> Let me turn that off. Um, by the way, that was another creative South sale that came through. So we got another ticket. <laughs> um, so Mike was talking about creative South and I was really interested and it was really short. Before, I mean, it was, less than a month before creative south 2013. Is that right? Yeah. 2013. Um, so my wife and I, my wife, Tina, she's a designer as well. Um, she's the one who's promising not to photo bomb me. Right. Um, so, <laughs> so we really wanted to go, but, we found out about it so late. Like, there was no way we were going to be able to pull the money together to get two tickets and, you know, hotel and all of that stuff. Um, a, a couple days later, I saw Peter Del Tondo. And I don't remember. I think Peter was on here. Mm-hmm.
0: Talking sure. about design versus cancer.
1: Yeah, he was talking about design versus cancer. I remember that. But I think it was right around the same time that Mike was on. It was. Yeah. And... He, you know, mentioned in that that he was going to be giving away tickets. Mm-hmm. So the minute the show ended and he had that posted up, I was like, "Pick me, pick me, pick me!" Um, and four people turning it down later because they weren't going to be able to make it. Peter picked me.
0: But it wasn't it. It wasn't just about the money. No. Was, you have two twins, and they were younger, right? Yeah. And so they
1: were. They were three. Yeah, they were three and a half, four at the time. And, you know, it was trying to figure out, okay, who's going to watch the kids? Who's going to, how are we going to afford this? How? Because, I mean, it was just covering tickets. So I, I, you know, I asked work. Um, This was in my first first full year of working for the company I work for now. And I was just honest. I was like, look. I had this opportunity that popped up. I won tickets. Um, I would really love to go. I think it would be really good for me. Um, you know, not, well, not knowing a whole lot. Yeah. And it was, it really was. Um, but I was like, I, I think it'd be really good for me. Is there any way you can help me with like the hotel room and you know, like travel.
0: And that's, that's good to even ask. Sometimes our people are even afraid to ask um, their work but a lot of work want to help development I hope they gave you something maybe
1: yes they did they they, they cut co- they covered um, we've, got, we've got a policy at work that if you are driving off-site you have to have a rental car mm-hmm. under, or a company car to be under their insurance so if it's a work-related function you've got to have that so they covered the rental car they covered the hotel they covered you know my food they didn't cover my wife's food um, excuse me so they they, they covered all of that and I got really lucky with that and I you know am forever grateful for that and, and forever grateful to Peter and they,
0: they've done it at, uh, with other conferences and you've been able to do some other conferences since then right I just yeah, want yeah, people I'm, to know especially if you're a solo designer somewhere don't be afraid to ask because your development and your continued education is really important and they norm, they realize that you're alone usually.
1: Yeah, so there, I'm, I'm also part of a group called SMPS, which is Society for Marketing Professional Services. Um, I've been to the national conference for that um, and some regional conferences for that. They've sent me to an Epicurrence, um, which I'm still shocked that that happened, <laughs> just based on the price of Um as well as Weapons of Mass Creation this year. Um, which I was lucky enough, you know, going up there, I was also taking the podcast up there. So it, it really killed two birds with one stone. So, it, you know, while sometimes it stinks being a solo designer, the company has treated me really well overall. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm very lucky to be able to work for them, um, yeah. with all that they provide for me.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you get the tickets, and you get the welcome that is a uh, just a normal, thankfully. A normal is an amazing welcome at Creative South, right? Uh-huh. So you get the family feel. Uh, you come in. You you have a, a great experience. It was my first year in your first year at the same. Yeah, time.
1: it was. It was. Um, it was my first year. It was your first year. There was um, a couple other people we knew that it was. I think that may have been the year afterwards. But um, you know, the first year, my, Tina and I both kind of wallflowered it up a little bit. I mean, we said hi to the people that we knew and and met a few people. Um, not a ton, but a few. Um, most of them who are on the Creative South staff. So we we met Lenny. We met Mike. Um, I literally didn't meet Mike until we were leaving. And I ran into him like because we weren't able to – we weren't able to stay the full day Saturday just because it came together so last minute. Right. So we had to leave a little bit early. But we ran into him on our way out. And, you know, if you've never met Mike, Mike is a very large man. He's about six foot four.
0: Like my height.
1: Yeah, like your height, but add a foot.
0: <laughs> at, you know,
1: yeah, maybe. Maybe a foot and a half.
0: Yeah, it's, I'm five one.
1: Yeah. So he's a big guy and he shakes my hand and then like just grabs me in and gives me a big bear hug, which, you know, I was worried I was about to be crushed.
0: <laughs> he does that to everybody. So He
1: does do that to everybody. So, but you know, it, that, we it, we'd already solidified the idea that we were coming back the next year based on the experience that we'd had so far. And then,
0: so then when did you get involved more? So you come back the next year just as an attendee? And yeah, I came back the
1: next year as an attendee, um, had really struck up a friendship um, with Lenny and Mike and Peter um, at that point, just through social media and keeping in touch with them, mm-hmm. reaching out and, you know, saying, is there's anything I can do to help? Please let me know. I think they'd already booked up all the volunteers. So it at, at that point, so we really just got to – fully really experienced that we weren't as much a wallflower as we were. We got, we put ourselves out there, introduced ourselves to more people, introduced ourselves to people that we'd met um, through social media that we knew were going to be there and, and reached out. And then the following, going into the following year, which would have been last year's creative South about, Oh, August or September I started trying to think of what I could do to give back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it had been in the back of my mind before that, um, but it had, it had really helped me open up and really because, helped me not feel alone. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Because why? Why was it such an experience that you, after two times, felt compelled to give back? And the other thing I want you to answer is this. It's not just going. One thing yeah. that you and Tina have done great is become involved, social media, use social media to create, uh, you had, you created a connection in person, but then you maintain a relationship and you built a relationship throughout the year.
1: Right. So we, you know, (sighs) I'm trying to figure out how to answer that properly. The, the wanting to give back was because of the connections I'd made. Um,
0: because they were just so helpful
1: they were so helpful it got me out of this rut of feeling isolated Mm -hmm. Um, you know and that's one of the downsides that comes with being the solo creative and the lone creative in a company is you don't have somebody to bounce ideas off of you don't have you know another designer that gets what you're talking about and you can nerd out over design things with um so it really gave me that opportunity to talk to people who were like-minded and did the same thing as me and really understood that and that that was important to me and i wanted to be able to give back in some way and i directly related that to you know not only winning the tickets but being able to attend creative south so that was on the forefront of my mind I
0: guess uh, I- love that also about creative south is that um they kind of have created this um giveaway system like fabio got my giveaway ticket this year Mm -hmm. and i mean it um i think god just put somebody on my heart and he had put fabio in my heart for I mean, a long time, the first year I did a giveaway to Jeremy Rivers and mm-hmm. it was sort of the same thing. Somebody just starts a conversation and they really have a connection and you see that they, this would really benefit them because of the experience and not just it's one time experience. It's the throughout the year experience. It's the people, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it, and that's with starting the podcast. That was kind of my goal is to help Keep things going because one of the things that does happen um and i I don't know the right word to use, so I'm gonna th- this isn't the right word, but the downside of going to a conference like Creative South is when creative South ends, everybody goes there in separate ways, and you the only way you have to keep in touch is you know social media and picking up the phone and things like that, which isn't the same as you. Know, seeing other designers, seeing people put themselves out there, talk about the struggles that they have. Um, and and that was something that was interesting to me is, well, what are other people doing?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Excuse me. At the same time, you know, from coming on this show and talking to our friend, Johnny Gwynn, who kept pressuring me to do a podcast where I, I didn't want to, because I didn't think that I had anything to say. Um, Which, you know, makes the Creative South podcast perfect, because I'm not the one doing most of the talking. (laughs) I just ask questions and sit back and listen. Um, But it it was it was my way of getting back and allowing people to feel that connection that goes on throughout the year. Um, Mm -hmm. Or at least I hope that's what they feel like, you know, and haven't asked enough people probably but um to feel that connection throughout the year to learn more about designers and you know on the show we don't really talk about design all that much we talk about people's lives you know their kids growing up where they're from what got them interested in design kind of a lot of what you do on here it's very similar i don't you know i can count on probably one hand the episodes that we've talked just about design and they're I mean, they're that few and far between, and I've hmm, got close to seventy-five episodes now.
0: That's so, awesome.
1: Yeah. So, and and we're not even a year into the show. So,
0: that's a lot of work.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So, somebody asked an anonymous viewer, "Ask, how do you decide who to interview for the podcast?"
1: Um, a bunch of different ways. Um, Still it started well. out. About What did you say?
0: Tell us one of them.
1: Oh, um, well, I was going to. Okay. (laughs) A bunch of different ways. It started out where I was just asking my friends, people that I already knew, um, and that was a way to get comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But pretty quickly on, I reached out to like Aaron Draplin and Fraser Davidson. Mm -hmm. uh, Just to, just to, because I knew there was only so many people I knew that, Would want to get on mic um and you know i it it was also a way of pushing myself out of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. um so the first very first two episodes i put out were with mike and lenny and it was that was a way to get me comfortable with being on the mic Mm -hmm. being comfortable interviewing somebody which is not anything i'd ever done before um i've interviewed people
0: as a kid in front of the mirror. <laughs> but, but
1: really person. So, yeah. So I started out that way. Um, and then it just started literally me reaching out. Um, you know, thankfully, Creative South has been going on for a while. So I was able to get those lists from Mike. Mm-hmm. But, you know, while I've looked at names on there and pulled from that, the vast majority of people I haven't contacted through Creative South. I've reached out on my own and just went on Twitter and said, Hey, do you want to be on the podcast?
0: So do you do research and you find people that are just doing interesting things or that are doing something that you think must have a story behind it?
1: I don't know if you'd call it research, but yes, (laughs) I'm not that meticulous where it's research, but no, I just, it's people I'm interested in. Um, people that you see out there. Um, like I had Peter Bacayo on, um, recently, um, and and he's got the whiskey brain, and you know he and I really hit it off. But I was always I was interested in his design stuff well before I ever like reached out to him, um, and just thought it was really cool stuff that he was putting out there. I was like, yeah, I want to know more about him. Also, I want to try to figure out how to pronounce his last name properly.
0: Backa <laughs> Backayao. Right?
1: Yes. Yes. yeah, Yes. Yes.
0: I practice that.
1: Yeah. I, Believe me, it took me several times when I was recording that intro to get it right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's that. Um, every once in a while, I'll have people who will reach out to me um, who are interested in being on the show. Um, there's one that I still think is probably one of the best interviews I did with a guy named Victor Yako um, who is a UX researcher, and he, he was writing a book called design for the mind and it was about the psychology behind ux design and ux research um and we got on there talking and you know through the conversation he's a recovering alcoholic so we ended up talking more about that than anything about um the stages of recovery and how you know a lot of agencies have you know the bar opens at Mm. three or two and how that can be difficult for a lot of people especially if you're in recovery of you know That temptation is there and you know is it one of those things that you're putting out there because it's a great perk or Mm. um, you know or or are you just putting it out there to put it out there
0: right well so one of the ways I think um, one of the things I'm impressed at is that you were kind of wallflowered and you really kind of really pushed yourself to come out how has that helped you? Cause I really feel like a lot of people are in that I'll be in a group. I'm that is not me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be in a group and they're like, Oh yeah, we just don't want to talk to any-. I mean, they have their group and I'm like, well, let's meet some new people and they want to meet new people, but they just don't really know how to get out and, and expand the, you know, be a welcome or ask, talk to other people sometimes. So that was something I feel like you've done really well. And then you've also built relationships throughout the year Mm -hmm. um, on social media and in Slack groups. And I think that those things have have helped your design as well as just helped you feel more connected to a community. Sure. So
1: I was definitely in that first camp of the shy, not really – not that I'm not outgoing, just I'm not (sighs) – I'm not comfortable in large groups. So I, I get a little overwhelmed. So this was a easier way to break down that comfort level of starting talking to people one-on-one. Right. And then when I would see them in a large group, you know, I could have a conversation with just them. Right. Um, and, and I think that's where a lot of people get overwhelmed is, you know, you're in this large group and you don't know who to talk to. And you know, if you can find that one person, you know, talk to them and then somebody else is going to come up eventually and then talk to them and then just expand out from that. But, you know, you you can't be in a conference setting where there's large groups all the time. So when the rest of the year rolls around, if you've, you know, if you've met somebody at a conference or if you met somebody just in everyday life that you want to talk to, keep up with them. That's the, you know, one of the great things about, you know, social media nowadays is, a way to keep in touch with people. Um, you know you mentioned Slack. that's Creative South has a slack uh, has a family channel for Slack where it's you know people who have been to Creative South before, and that you know, when that started, I think it was me and Zach um, and and Zach and I have become really good friends. Um, simply because of that. I think I think we've interacted of I mean, we had talked before. And had some conversations on Twitter and Facebook and stuff, but we weren't great friends. We were just kind of acquaintances at that point. And now, you know, he's somebody that if I got a problem, I can call him up and vice versa. And, you know, we'll, you know, we'll chew each other's ear off for a while.
0: How would somebody else want, if say they went to Creative South or say they haven't, but they want to go this year and mm-hmm. they want to get, um, they want to be part of that Slack channel. How would somebody do that? And that's what Matt, Matt says, Matt Dawson says, and he does, he runs Crop, um, which is in Louisiana in Baton Rouge. Um, he says, I want to get on that Slack channel. So how would somebody do that?
1: So I'm, I'm writing it down right now, but it's basically email me. It's Jason at Okay.
0: Okay. And it helps the flying so type. <laughs> That's good. I can I can also put that in um, the show notes. So um the, and go in and find a channel that uh, there's a technology channel, mm-hmm. there's a I don't it,
1: know what, it, Sorry, I tried posting it, but it's telling me that everyone is not in the channel. On you the-
0: have to update your Zoom. It's okay. I'll type uh, it in. Yes, you uh, type it in. Doing that for me um, for, forever. But like F- Fabio joined the Slack. Oh man, Tina is on it. Thank you. Um, Thank you, dear. The probably this year sometime or not 2017, but 2000 since August maybe Fabio. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So do you? But then you just get involved. If you have a break in your day or you have a a lull and it's a good time to kind of connect back or maybe it's before you come to work or at the end of the day or whatever. This is, it's been hard to do that for me this year, but, sure. but it's something that I'm thinking about doing for design. Well, you
1: act like you had to take on a lot more responsibility at work for some reason.
0: I did. Um. (laughs) Anyway, not about me, but I would like to do something like that for Design Recharge. And so I asked everybody in the newsletter this week if they would rather do like a Facebook group or a Slack channel. And
1: My vote is uh, for Slack. uh,
0: The overwhelming response I've gotten has been for a Slack channel. I don't mind doing a a Facebook group as well, but I think it's a lot to ask somebody to do kind of both. And Slack Mm. is different. And so for people... Um, I'll probably put a video series together on and how, but it, it, how to do it or how to interact. But I remember you, I think you introduced me to Slack mm-hmm. A-I-G-A, and it really was a amazing connection. And I've set up a lot of clients like that, um, clients that are continuous and it, we we're not in the same city. So it really, really helps. So Amy says as well, she loves Slack too. And I, I guess I think, um, so Fabio says if I have a break in my day, um, she, he will get on Slack. And I think that it is a good place to kind of get, because a lot of people will post ideas or post, um, new designs. Um, it's and or questions. I know mm-hmm. I, Brian White is like my best friend on Slack. Like it's always like, Brian, I need help. Brian, I need help. <laughs> um, but because he's the smartest person i know and he does so many things i don't know how he sleeps um, sure.
1: well lately i've been heading up fabio for advice he's uh he's become my my um my sounding board and refiner of ideas for a lot of the stuff that i've been doing
0: yeah he um, gave you an idea for your the pencil podcast thing that you created for this episode
1: yeah because originally so my whenever you get to that point but my original idea was to do, like, you know, if you see, like, at a comedy club, the mic that's got the ball on the end. And, it's,
0: and, oh, and like, this a- one. Like, this one.
1: Like that one. Yes.
0: It's a fake one. I do game shows at school. Okay. Typography <laughs> <laughs> game shows. It's really fun.
1: Oh, we're going to have to have a whole conversation about that. Um, But yeah, so it was originally to design a microphone and a pencil combination kind of like that. And I wasn't happy with it, but it was just, you know.
0: Sometimes you're stuck creatively.
1: Yeah, I I, I got stuck. I had had the idea and I had originally had the idea that Fabio suggested, but I was like, no, it's going to look too close to like the eraser and people aren't going to be able to tell that it's a microphone on the end. So I talked myself out of it and I didn't even try it. And then I threw up asking just for a little review on the one that I had done where it's the ball style microphone. Um, and Fabio came back and said, why don't you try like this? And, you know, as Fabio does in like 30 seconds, I posted something up.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, and, you know, when I saw what he did, I was like, nope, that definitely doesn't look like a eraser on the end. That looks like a microphone on the end of the thing. So I went back and revised mine and, you know, went with what I had originally talked myself out of doing.
0: <laughs> but I'm glad because it is, uh, it's really good. Thank you. And I thought that it was, um, it was a good combination of what you were kind of going for was the pencil with, with other things that you're doing. And so the sure. podcast really for you has done what? So what is, and granted everybody doesn't need to start a podcast, but, um, but what is just talking to other designers on a regular basis? Cause you could do like what I do a lot of times is just have a Skype lunch. I'll say, let's have lunch. And we may not eat, but Mm -hmm. I say it's, you know, it's kind of like a meeting and we do it on Skype. So what has that done for you as, as a designer?
1: Um, It's certainly opened up my relationships with other designers. Um, I've, I've made a lot more friends and a lot more connections and people who I only tangentially knew before um you know like like Matt Dawson uh, is a good example um you know he and I will every once in a while text back and forth and message each other and stuff and 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 it it's also opened you know going back to that being the wallflower at a conference and all it's made me much more comfortable in talking to strangers
0: so it's practice
1: yeah. It very much is practice. It's, you know, I still don't like groups, but I can do them and I don't get anxious about it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, as Johnny said, it, it, it definitely has improved my listening skills because you've got to listen. Mm. Um, you can't just be waiting for the next thing to say, you know, if somebody brings something up, you can't just go, Oh, and this one time I, you know, you've got to listen to what they're saying because it's not about you; it's about who you're having a conversation with. One
0: thing um, I've noticed. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. As we were just talking about, one thing I've noticed is that I'm used to be like a loud laugher, but now I have to laugh <laughs> quietly. I can't laugh out loud because then it, if I'm laughing, the mic's going to pick it up and it's going to be a sound issue in the playback. So now I just like smile really big. I remember there have been some episodes. I, my face hurts so bad <laughs> at the end because I've smiled so, um, so much or something. And so I think
1: I, I haven't gotten good at the laughing quietly. <laughs> I need lessons on that.
0: I just hold it in just like a sneeze. You should practice sneezing inside. You know, that'll be a good practice. You know what I mean? Like, can you sneeze without making a noise like that? Like that? That's your sneeze?
1: Uh, I can. My back pops when I do it. I don't know if I should go see a doctor about that or not.
0: <laughs> I don't know. That's funny. Um, but anyways, let's keep going. Um, so, but it's been a benefit. So it's about practicing. It's about stepping out. Nobody has um, been mean to you. Nobody. You, it's the fear that maybe kept you from doing this in the past. But now it's really helped you blossom, right?
1: I think so. I think it's, you know... Just, to, it's allowed me to feel more comfortable in my own skin as well. Um, some days I'm better at that than others. Um, you know, one of the things that's kind of a reoccurring theme on the podcast is we talk a lot about, with other designers, about depression and anxiety. Mm. Um, and it's really helped me be able to talk through that because I, you know, I deal with that. Um teammate can tell you how much of a pain in the ass, pain in the butt that can be. Um, <laughs> sorry. Okay, <laughs> Almost. So mom, you know, yes. Sorry, Mrs. Gibbs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so it, it's, it's it just made me a little more comfortable and open to talk about things that normally I wouldn't talk about before, which there's no reason not to talk about. Right. You know, I in it's not like I'm going screaming out from the rooftop. I'm depressed. Feel sorry for me. It's just, now that I've said that, I'm going to cringe when I watch this on playback. Um, but it's it's that being able to relate to another person. That's the biggest thing. It's
0: you feel connected
1: being able to, relate to another person. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And because you've opened up and been vulnerable many times and haven't been pushed away or laughed at, then you feel better about sharing who you really are.
1: With yes. More people. Very much so.
0: And Johnny says stories connect us to each other's past labels and perceptions. Absolutely. And, and we realize that sometimes it's just about practice and just, and we don't mess up and we don't, even if we do mess up, it we still are loved. We're still accepted. I think, and a really good piece of advice for everybody who's just kind of, I'm good just on my own or whatever, but it has made you a better designer
1: um, yes, I think so. And, and Doc, it's there. Trust me.
0: <laughs> so, um, oh. Sorry,
1: oh, so. he said he hadn't gotten that vibe from me ever. I was like, it's there. I mean, it's not like it's one of those where I'm, you know, curled up in the fetal position and can't leave the house. It's just all around uh, what they call it, dysthymia. Mm-hmm. Um, where I don't ever get really Up there and all that. I've got, you know, short waves.
0: Well, so when, how often, how regular basis are you talking to somebody? Like um, on the Slack channel? How often do I record? Um, Or how often are you on the Slack channel? Like every day? Uh, Pretty much every day. Okay. Even on the weekends.
1: weekends? Even on the weekends. Okay. Uh, I mean on the weekends I tend to just pop in and out every once in a while. Um and I and I think most people on the weekends it, it's it, you definitely see it slow down a lot. I don't know what that says about us at work. Um, but yeah, it's I, I'm I'm on the Slack channel pretty much every day. Um, and I mean there may be some days where I don't say anything, but I'm definitely reading stuff. Right. So I'm reading what you write. Be careful um
0: so what do you think you've learned about yourself and and you're you were interviewing once a week and then you went to more than that
1: yeah now I interview twice a week um and I you know it started out excuse me it started out I was putting the show out once a week and then I moved it up to twice a week um, and then there was a, about a month and a half stretch there that it was three times a week because I had such a backlog of episodes that I had to burn through. Now, the downside of that is I burned out. wasn't the right term for it because I definitely want to keep doing the podcast, but mm-hmm. burned out on editing. Mm-hmm. Um, it just became too much to take on. So we're actually going to – this is the last week of doing two episodes a week. We're going to go back to one episode a week for a little while. Um, and see how that goes, and focus on quality over quantity.
0: Because really, Um, it's you, right? You're you're kind of taking on all of that.
1: From booking guests, to recording, to editing, to finding sponsors, to if it's podcast-related, I'm the one doing it.
0: And Dee Hellman says, I'm able to keep up with one episode a week. I am so behind. I am very similar to you, because it's hard. One episode a week is... Because I spread out my listening from multiple podcasts, so I think it it makes me feel like a loser if I can't get through all the ones that are published, right?
1: Derek, I'm sh- I'm slowing down just for you and Amy.
0: <laughs> okay. So
1: when I see Amy just posted that, as I said it. <laughs>
0: So what, what have you learned about yourself and about the design industry besides just that more people maybe struggle with other things that that's really, it seems like it's really been important and really helped you. Um, but what else? You
1: know, I've, I've gotten better about getting out of my own way. That's mm-hmm. the big thing. It, it's, the, you know, I, I really realized that nobody's holding me back but me. Um, so that's with like the illustrations that I've been doing lately, it's, you know, when I get stuck on something at work or I'm waiting on information and I know that it's going to come in a time where if I started on another project that I would just have to drop things and jump back and forth. I'll take that time to work on just quick and simple illustrations.
0: So let's l- talk about those real quick. So you sent me this kind of series that you mm-hmm. had uh, been working on. You want to talk us through these real quick? And then, so these are just when you have a little bit of extra time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of them are pretty quick. They don't take a ton of time to do um, the, you know, the coffee day was for national coffee day. Mm-hmm. So that, oh, Sorry. Sorry. The, the column is part of a series and, um i just started making for some reason i saw a gavel in my head i saw something Mm. with a bunch of ovals put together and i was like hey that kind of looks like a gavel so i was like well i'm gonna try that and um i'm not going to advise you to do this but none of these were sketched out on paper ahead of time well the the monogram was um
0: what about this is part of the series right yeah that's part of the series that's a lot of
1: books yep
0: are these on sale somewhere?
1: Uh, not yet, but they will be soon. Um, this so is a um,
0: passive income kind
1: of This is a passive income okay. kind of thing. Uh, it did not start out that way. It just ended up being, you know, I started one, I did the gavel, then I did the scales, and then um, yeah. the, I don't remember what was next, but the legal paper and the law books and all of those things. And it just, you know, shaped up real quickly into a series of stuff, so. So yeah, I'm going to package all that stuff and put it up on uh, creative market soon.
0: Cool. And then this is your mark for you, right?
1: Yeah. So I was wanting to do some more freelancing stuff and realized if I'm like sending out packages, I don't have a brand, like I don't have a logo or anything like that. I used to years ago when I operated under frosted designs and I, I don't operate under that anymore. I just operate under me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I realized I need something. Shane
0: says he digs that mark. And I love that. And I remember you working on this on the Slack channel. And um, I think it was either Adam Ergel or um, um, Mike Jones or somebody was kept saying, you know, hey, what about this little shadow? And you really like tweaked. And it was that now you have this community that can come and be so anal and specific about crazy weird things that we're anal About yeah,
1: and, and Mike will get on that. to me about this because the gray version over on the other side. He swears should not have the cuts in it
0: Yeah, I don't know the cuts look better on the white version for sure. Yes,
1: I, I definitely agree because it gives it that shadow
0: So yeah, it's it's really nice like that shadow on the F mm, And that crossbar the a it is just really really nice. So then though, what about the flat iron building?
1: So that was for a freelance project. Um, that was actually matching somebody else's illustration style. I, I did a freelance project for a conference that was going on in New York, and they wanted a picture of some iconic buildings in the city. And you know, they already Isn't have... In Denver? Huh? No, that's the Flatiron building in New York.
0: Oh, I don't know. There's a building like that in Denver.
1: You know, whenever you see, like, Law and & Order and they do the cityscape thing, the one that they always... Like all the traffic scenes, always converge around that because it's that diagonal building, weird intersection. It's right. so like the one diagonal intersection in New York is, and that's gotcha. what that iron building is.
0: Gotcha. Um
1: Yeah. So that that was just fun and was trying to match somebody else's style and match that mono weight um, illustration. So,
0: so one of the questions we had, Joe asked earlier, Jason, how much planning does it take to put a podcast together? And he said, he may have missed it, but I mean it's more just- than I do." Uh, so so kind of take us, so you have to send out an email, an intro email. How far in advance do you do something like that?
1: Um, I have, so I use a calendar program called Calendly to, that gives people the options to book their own dates. Um, huh. and I only record on Tuesdays and Sundays. Um, I mean, not Tuesdays, Thursdays and Sundays. Um so those are the dates that they have. And I, there's a few time slots that are open for those.
0: Is that it? C-A-L-E-N-D dot L Y?
1: Uh yes.
0: Great. Thank you, Joe.
1: So um yeah, so I, I use I use that to um and send that out with a booking email. So I basically have a semi-form semi letter that's just thanks for being interested in that I typically record on these dates and times, blah, 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 um, click here to book which time would work best for you. Um, and then I have it open, you know, the booking window is basically 60, 60 days out, I think. So they can book anywhere within those of when it's available. Cool. Um, and and that's made my life a lot easier.
0: Mm. Um,
1: and then I'll send out a follow-up email the week of just saying, hey, are we still on for recording?
0: And then do you have them record it and you record it?
1: So I do. So I have them record their audio. Um, I record through a program on Skype that picks up both of our audio in separate channels. And then I also record on my end. That way if Skype at any point screws up, I can you know, piece those together. And a lot of times I actually use the native audio not a lot of times most times i use the native audio over skype as it is um just because it's a little better sound quality every once in a while um there's some points where i can't find where the intro marker is Mm. um just because it's been so long and trying to sync that up that i'll use the skype and
0: it's very interesting so I know we're almost out of time. So I wanted to talk, uh, so how can people help or how can people support the podcast? I know you recently did the Patreon page.
1: Mm-hmm. Patreon.com talk- slash Creative stuff.
0: Can you talk about the decision to do that? Uh,
1: you know, it was tough because I, I do get sponsors, but not many. And it's mostly trade sponsorships. So like, you know, get a banner paid for or um, you can't, see it but the t-shirt that's on there um you know did those in trade so when when it comes to hosting the podcast and you know getting the social media software to schedule stuff out and um all those things cost money and while i wish that i could afford to do everything myself um you know it does get expensive especially come the end of the year when everything comes due at once and there's you know three four hundred dollars that you got to come out with in the pocket and if for some reason then you know I use a fairly basic mic right now I'd like to upgrade mics I'm sure Johnny uh, Glenn's gonna pipe up about that um
0: (laughs) so, so what about um Like where you host your podcast. Because that was something that you told me. You were like, oh, you should really do it. Because I think where you're doing it may be um, preferable to where I'm doing it.
1: Sure. There's, I mean, about 15 different ways that you can do it. The best one that you can use is go straight through Libsyn. Um, spell that for me. I believe it is L-Y-B-S-I-N. Okay. Um, Johnny just posted it over in the chat. Okay. Um, that's, that's probably the best and most stable and has been around the longest. I use Simplecast just because it's a little easier to use. Um, I may switch over when my contract comes up with them. I haven't quite decided yet. Um,
0: do you have to move all your old episodes then?
1: Y- you can do a three Oh one redirect and it'll pull in. Okay. So, um, that gets, I'm, I'm researching how to do all that at the moment. So that's why I can't Tell. very well answer that. No, question. no
0: worries. No worries.
1: Um, yes. I probably have to mo- end up manually moving all that stuff. So I'll probably, um, I'll, I'll probably start working on that and just do a month to month while I'm switching things over. Gotcha. Um, if I decide to go that route. Um so, yeah, so that's what I use for the hosting. That's, you know, I don't know, 20 bucks a month, I think. Um, and Libsyn's a little more expensive than that based on the amount of data you use. But it has more options and it, you know, sends it out to SoundCloud and automatically to iTunes. and. You know,
0: Just so everybody knows uh, that's listening on the podcast, it's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. And 20
1: bucks a month yeah so yeah so there's those hosting costs there's you know the cost of Calendly there's the cost of I use um, a social media program called meet Edgar that's pricey it's 50 bucks a month Um,
0: what does that do
1: so it allows me to post a recurring schedule So basically I set out what my calendar looks like for the week and I build a library and it pulls from that archived library of posts and I've got them categorized into different things. And it'll, you know, whether it's I'm posting that, you know, this episode is going up or so-and-so is sponsoring um, this episode, or if there's something that I've seen from like communication arts or one of those feeds that I subscribe to.
0: And I think that was one of the things that you were talking about with Simplecast and maybe with Lipsum that you were able to track more things. So you can look at more um, analytics. And I, I think maybe that that would be something, if you're looking into doing something like this, that that might be something you want to look for. Because I know where, um, I know. Yeah, so
1: so I can track that my, I track my downloads. I know on average. In an average week, I'm getting just shy of 2,000 downloads. Um,
0: can you track that through Lit uh, SimpleCast?
1: Through SimpleCast, um, Libsyn, you can get a little. You can dive a little deeper in. I believe you can find out, you know, gender and age um, as well. Um, Johnny
0: says day downloads, so that you can do it by day. So those are things that are really important for right. who's starting um, something like that.
1: So you know. And those numbers are important when it comes to finding sponsors because they want to know how much traffic is going through there. So,
0: sure. That,
1: that's why I keep up with it.
0: Well, Jason, we'll have to continue this conversation. uh, We'll have to do it another time because I'm so really trying to stay under uh, an hour. (laughs) So next week we have Dan Lee. It is probably going to be a Saturday show. I don't even know what time it's going to be yet. So I want to make sure you guys um, tune in. So I'm going to, within the next month, set up a design recharge channel, more than likely a Slack channel and then um, do my best it's it's spring semester is the hardest one for me busiest. And then um, so it may be right before April or something like that, but I definitely want to have a meetup at creative South and so that we can kind of get together and, and, Kumbaya it up, I guess, because we spend a lot of time every week and I really, really appreciate it. And I'm just super excited. So just want to make sure everybody knows ways to connect with Jason. You can go to Dribble, which has three B's, dribble.com, J Frostholm. And I'm going to put that in the um, chat over here. It'll also be in the show notes. I actually think it's already there. And then you can find him on Twitter at J Frostholm. F-R-O-S-T-H-O-L-M. And then on Instagram at J <laughs> Frostholm. <laughs> and Doc just put put his number up there. I don't think that's really his number. No, but then you but can
1: also can
0: if you're interested in listening to the Creative the Creative South podcast, you can check that out at Create, you can find that on iTunes or on Simplecast, I guess.
1: Yeah, creative slash podcast.
0: Oh, okay. I okay. all right,
1: we just changed the link over.
0: <laughs> okay, so um, I will um, fix that in uh, later. Maybe I can copy it real quick. Um, and um, so, you can always find me, and Jason said, you know, if you want to get on the Slack channel for Creative South, you can email him at jason at creativesouth.com, and mm-hmm. then if you want to email me, if you want to, if you have somebody that you would love for me to interview, um, we are setting up the the rest of the, like, through June, July now, and I do have somebody, I don't have Calendly, I have Ashley, who's better than any Calendly.
1: I would agree with that. If yeah. I could uh, if I could afford a personal assistant to uh, help me with that, I would... Uh,
0: She's amazing. I would do it. Um, and, um, but anyway, I do listen to you guys, and I try to put out people that you would... Uh, or interview people that you guys would like to hear. So I just want to thank you guys for tuning in to Jason and me today, and I hope you guys will tune in next Saturday. I'm not sure the time, but watch your emails for that, and I would... <laughs> So appreciate, and um, I can't wait to see you then. And if you need me, you can always email me. Love to have you do an iTunes review or a review on YouTube if you're watching this.
1: Or please review the Creative South podcast, (laughs) too.
0: Or any comments or anything. We really appreciate those. So email me at diane at designrecharge.org or diane at rechargingyou.com. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Diane. Thank you, Jason, and I'll see you guys next Saturday.